Well, traders, welcome to it from the headquarters here live in Detroit. I'm ready to start pre-market prep. The question is, are you ready? We're going to talk all about what's going on in the markets right now. Looks like we finally got tech waking up again here as it got a little bit sleepy there. We'll talk all about oil. Can it crack into the 70s? We'll take a look at the earnings stocks. We got Asana, Sentinel One as a little bit of a surprise. NVIDIA, talk about what's going on in China. And of course, we got our guest today, Greg Weldon, Weldon Financial. We're ready to get to it, guys. It's time to rise and shine with, of course, pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, welcome traders and investors to this uh, Wednesday edition of Pre-Market Prep. Starting the day out in the green as opposed to the last two days. Up nine and a quarter handles, 45, 84 and a quarter. Trying to get back into that 4,600 handle and stay there. The buck's up a couple pennies, just over 104. Don's bonds down a few ticks, 119 and 1030 seconds. Crude in the red by 59 cents, moving in on that $70 level. Gold up 770 at 2044. Silver just down a few pennies too at 2452. And Bitcoin holding steady in the 44K handle. That's up $280 at 45,570. Uh, let me see if I can recognize this dapper young man here. I'm not going to call him Money Mitch. I'm going to call him Mr. Mitch. Mitch, how you doing today? What's going on, Joel? Ready to get after it, of course, uh, here in downtown Detroit, man. Yeah, looking good. You got the haircut. You got the suit. You're a suit yeah, here. And, uh, no, tie, ready to... no tie, though. No tie. No tie? No tie. No tie. I, I think no I got tie. some ties upstairs. But uh, good to see you in the office here, Mitch. Yeah. And uh, we got a jam-packed show once again. That we do. Let's get right to it and talk all about what happened yesterday. Of course, we started to see some mega cap tech waking up and we were just talking about this yesterday. I was wondering, you know, have we retraced far enough? Right. I think none of us were really looking at the markets really turning, but just on a pullback. And it looks like we got some stocks waking up. NVIDIA having a good day. Microsoft, Apple. Let's get to those types of stocks. Let's take a look at those charts. What did you see on that yesterday, Joel? Uh, Apple was strong in the pre-market off the India Universal Part Charger news. And, uh, man, they opened that thing bid and uh, bid above 190 and just never looked back. A really nice move. Just a lazy uh, retreat. So that was up. I mean, it was, as I said in the pre-market shows, I mean, uh, to you, I mean, that the mega cap tech refused to let the market go down yesterday. And uh, there was a strong bid in Microsoft now with uh, filling the gap that it recently had. Google caught a bid. Amazon caught a bid. NVIDIA. 
Yeah, NVIDIA, you gave the setup there. We were hoping for the 50% retracement, uh, but no can do. You didn't get that, and NVIDIA turned off the open two. Uh, I don't know. Can you find any resistance? I mean, you got one daily high coming in at uh, 472, but, I mean, it sure looks like it wants to take back half of this move, and I would take it back to 477.5, 478. So there you go. The only one that did participate was uh, was Meta. Meta, but that's back up again today. That was a little bit sleepy yesterday. Uh, IWM going the, the opposite direction, but uh, getting some back. That had the great day, uh, of course, on Monday. Gave a little back yesterday, but you got a you got a nice uh, a nice level evolving here at one eighty four, and you're a buck away from that. So. I just one other thing I just wanted to point out. We can move on. I mean, the S and P. I mean, we're forming. Look at that support forming there at the forty-five fifty, forty-five fifty-five area. I mean, that's just people just trying to get in the market that uh, that missed a rally. So uh, let's see. Let's see if everyone can uh, be in unison today. The S and P's, the IW. Well, you know the Q's are the Q's, but uh, let's see if we can get a broad-based rally. Definitely. And something that I will just bring up some interesting comments this morning coming out of City strategist Dirk Wilder noting that the market has been pricing a soft landing for the U.S., but predicting a recession in mid 2024. But he wants to put it on alert that it might be too early to reduce the equity overweight as the market's just not that forward looking. And I think that he's right in this case. You know, I'm definitely bearish going in 24. But how long will it actually take to get towards that takedown that we expect to see in the consumer? And when will that recession come, right? I think first we need to see the slowdown happen to get to that recession. So right now, I still think that, you know, you can still play this Q4 rally going into the end of the year. And then you need to kind of reassess as the new year kicks off. Well, uh, given a boost to the market yesterday, we're in the old bad news is good news scenario, right? With uh, the jobs openings coming out at 10 o'clock. That was just a quick five-handle sweep of the book to the upside. Uh, coming in a little bit weaker than expected. That fits in with uh, many pundits' thoughts that, uh, you know, that rate cut is coming. I'm still sticking in the camp of just steady Eddie with the rates, not necessarily, you know, maybe inflation slick, but I think they're going to, they're going to be real careful. And I, I heard Jeremy Siegel saying, certainly hope they're not as stubborn, you know, willing to raise rates as, or lower rates as they were to, to raise rates. But, uh, Right now, I mean, the bond market's getting a nice rebound. Uh, we're going to get more important data. Actually, at 8.15, we're going to get the ADP. ADP. Yeah. ADP. Get the unemployment data, too. So, uh, you know, bad. we're back to the uh, bad news is good news scenario. Yeah, the jobs numbers can becoming important again, as people expect to see a slowdown. But there's the soft landing narrative still out there, right? And I think that's one thing that we'll be also be watching Friday Big jobs report. Don't miss that, guys. But let's talk about oil. Will oil crack into the 70s? Because right now, um, Exxon trying to help it here uh, with a stock buyback program. Uh, they raised it up uh, to 20 billion and see 23 billion and 25 billion in CapEx in 2024. So Exxon trying to do whatever they can to hold their price up. And of course, you guys see the prices right here. Will we get into back into the 60s 
I, it sure. I mean, it looks that way. You've had a major decline. Now I'm looking at the uh, crude oil futures here, and uh, you had the pop off the OPEC cut, right? And mm -hmm. it just it was faded, and it was faded hard. Uh, now you are taking out on the dailies here. We are taking out that November low, seventy. We have not been below seventy bucks here since uh since july well not even in yeah early in or yeah early in july uh losing streak we see you know we always see crude you know momentum going both ways and here it's got the momentum uh to the downside exxon mobile you said uh is creasing nearby back that was creeping in on double digits yesterday and now getting a little bit of a bounce but uh no the, uh, the rotation here just not favoring uh, the the oil or or the oil stocks. Just <laughs> going into the big money, but that's uh, you know going into the mega cap tech. But the uh, double or double digits perhaps on the horizon here for Exxon Mobil. CVX chart doesn't look great. I mean that's just been hanging out near the low. That's not showing much of about a bounce. Oxy, where's Warren? Where's Warren? I, on this I... I did a Warren quote this morning. I put it out on Twitter, but uh, man, I don't know if he's going to be able to save Oxy this time. I think a really important level is on the XLE. I pointed to this level before and a little bit frustrated that I got out of my short in this level that I was building, which is uh, into like the 85s to like, you can even push it up to like 86. Yeah. Every time the XLE is getting into this space, you're seeing it reject, reject, reject. I think that was bigger traders kind of positioning in here. And now if we could break 82 on the XLE, we're looking clean to the downside break. And we're all expecting to see a slowdown. So maybe this is also telling us a little bit of deflation coming in here with oil prices coming down. Yeah, this XLE, you know, it, I mean, it has pulled back here from uh, the $93 area. A little bit, looks like a little bit more stubborn. I'd have to look and see the what actual components did have the bad day yesterday. But uh, clear definition, you know, the resistance up there, clearly over 86. So have to drill down on the components because this seems to be holding up. Hasn't even taken out its... Uh, it's low from last month, so I don't think you get any major downside here in the XLE. 82.11 was your November low. Let's go to NVIDIA here. NVIDIA said that the company is working closely with the U.S. government to ensure new chips for Chinese market that are compliant here for the U.S. export restrictions. This is, of course, coming out of Reuters. Uh, but last month, of course, it was reported that NVIDIA was planning to announce three new chips for China. So we need to keep our eyes on this. It just started to wake up. So maybe some good news coming out of China could really get this going again because that was the real negative, right, that they gave in the earnings report. So let's see if NVIDIA can start to wake up here. I think this is one to watch for, at least for the end of the year. Uh, you could call yesterday. We were we I took off the prior fifty percent retracement of that big move because the buyers stepped in a couple bucks ahead of it, either uh making four fifty ten the low. You can see now I you know, clear path of uh you know, not much in here as far as resistance. One daily high at uh four seventy two and what the heck? What's your pre market high? 
right there. There's some confluence for you. Your pre-market high comes in at 472.40. So that that uh, coincides with the one daily high. And then why not get half of this move back? But that was part of the strength uh, yesterday, too, along with the Apple. And I'll just bid, bid, bid here. Kind of a lazy sell-off on the way down. I always like to take a look at the volume. Uh, there was decent volume. Uh, not outstanding volume yesterday. I kind of would have liked to have seen that. But uh, NVIDIA, if we looked at AMD, probably following a similar course uh, from yeah. uh, yesterday, that gave you, oh, wow. If you're a pattern trader, previous day's low, 1637. Uh, the low yesterday, 1645. So uh, AMD looking perky here. Uh, Intel also, I would put in that because it's, it's you know, we can bring it back in that category. For a while, it was this sleepy move, but I like this pullback approach. It didn't really make the move yesterday. Can Intel maybe catch a little bit of love? I don't know, man, uh, but it's an interesting chart. Always, always looking to build a base, right? After you have these big moves here, let's go back to the example here. Late October, right? Boom. You had the big move up, boom, move up. A little, little stall, a little three, four day consolidation. Time to strike. 38 buyers have to step up. If we could, if we could form this kind of same base here at, uh, at you know, 41 and a half, 42, another launching pad. Wow, this thing got over 44 bucks here. High of the move, 45.34. Uh, also, I like to keep an eye on the high close of the move, which is uh, 44.94. But first things first with Intel. If you're an Intel trader, you want this rally to continue. Uh, got to take out yesterday's high. Have not done that yet. Yeah, a little bit. In the no pre market, pre market high, maybe after hours you touched it, but uh, 4229 is uh, Tuesday's high in Intel. Um, I, I gotta give it to Zippy here, uh, to wrap up this kind of bigger cap conversation. IBM hitting a six year high. What Beamer get out the Beamers, guys? Uh, look at this go, man. Uh, this is one that has been waiting. We might as well get a little pop a here, chart. Mitch. Uh, we got in a little pop here. Let's go to the S and P's real quick. Uh, I would say week ADP, number. Do we get a week in, number? ADP. Let's take week. a look here. I'm 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 grabbing the ADP number here, guys. Let's get let's see what we get. All I right, got 103, 103, 103 versus yep. 130. So uh, pretty weak there, um, and showing that the slowdown's not showing up here. So where does that go? That gives more ammo to what the soft landing narrative, right? That's what we would be approaching and thinking about here is if we can still see the jobs not spike, that means that the soft landing narrative could just happen. We'll wait to see what happens there. Uh, but it looks like the market's liking this. So, hey, keep your eyes on that, of course. Uh, Bill, thanks for the nice little approach, EKS. You guys are always on top of things. Love to see it out there, chat. And this is why you guys are so good. You guys are real traders out there that are part of pre-market prep. So let's keep moving. Let's go to Asana here. Ooh. Q3 adjusted at a loss of $0.04 cents beats the loss of $0.11 cent estimate. Sales of $166.5 million beat the $164.14 million estimate. They do see Q4 adjusted EPS 
at a loss of nine and ten cents versus a loss of sixteen cent estimate, and their full year EPS at a loss of twenty seven cents to twenty six cents versus a thirty cent loss estimate. So those estimates above that looking good here for Asana. It's been kind of sleepy here. Can this actually get moving? What uh? What did they give some weak guidance or something here? Because they are whooping up on this thing right now. Uh, I mean, if, if I look at the revenues given here, the revenues are above the estimates. So the guidance really necessarily not bad and overall not bad numbers here, but it, it's software, right? Um, software not doing the best right now. Um, and I think that's just kind of expectations for slowdown going into next year, but definitely not getting the love that it probably deserves on this report. Do you remember who I mentioned every time we talk about this stock? Yeah, I um, <laughs> the the CEO, right? It's yeah, Dustin, and, and he, Dustin, Dustin. He buys a crap ton. When's the last time he bought, man? I got I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if he, I wonder if he's going to use this technical setup this morning. Uh, boy, down three thirty four. This thing had just a nice rally under sixteen bucks, over twenty three bucks. This is the area that you came down to. This is what you want to look at. Pre market low comes in at nineteen sixty one, fifty percent retracement. If my lines are correct, it's right there. Also fills a gap here at uh, from 1978, uh, filling in a gap in here. Pop in the pre-market just to pop over 20 bucks here, folks. You might have missed the opportunity to buy the dip in this one. Uh, I'd, I'd like to pre-market low just for the fact that coincides with the 50% retracement. Ooh. Report didn't seem that bad to me, uh, but uh, we'll see. Got a long ways to go to fill the gap here. 22.31, a pair of lows. So moving forward, uh, some decent resistance at the uh, former double bottom, just above 22 bucks. And kind of like in this 1950, 1960 area, even though you already traded there in the pre-market. Um, one that I'll mention here is uh, you just mentioned that you want to know how many shares he has, Joel? You ready for this? Yeah. 52.05 million shares. Man, oh man, oh man. That's putting your money where your mouth is, at least. Um, you can definitely say that uh, in Asana. He's the president and CEO, so got to give it to him. He just bought the, the most recent insider purchase was on November 3rd. Um, where that he was bought not another, a bad. Yeah. He, he bought it at $17.50. Um, nice. And, and not, a bad, not a bad purchase there, right? Um, so, How many um, did you say he has? 52.05 million. I think he's going to have 55 million after today. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be in there buying the dip. Wow. Hey, hey, he, he at least at least he's the CEO and I I like this, you know. At least he's not like uh he's buying other companies. He's supporting his own company. So, I like that idea. Let's move to Sentinel 1. Um definitely not uh what you want to see here but uh it's just been such love in this space. I think they're going to continue love in this space. Finally waking up on that monthly chart. You guys can see this hasn't been an underperformer but now starting to really wake up. Sentinel 1 Q3 adjusted EPS at a loss of 3 cents beats the loss of 8 cent estimate. Sales of 164.16 million beat the 156.09 million estimate. They do expect Q4 revenues of 169 million 
with an estimate of 166.46 million and raise fiscal year 24 revenue outlook. So things are looking here good. The space has been doing really great. We saw multiple names report good. We've seen the moves in CrowdStrike, Pan W, and others. It just looks good here in this space. Who gave us this one back when it was a teeny bopper? Do you remember? Mm, I remember we we we've talked about this one before. Who was the one yeah. that loved this one, Joel? We had a we had a specific guest. I, I bet you the chat will remember. Uh, I think he was talking about it at the $16, $17 area. Jay, I knew Jay. Jay just, what he does is he goes through his notes for each stocks. He has them alphabetized. <laughs> and so he just goes to S's and he finds out. Yeah. Derek, Derek Oldensmith was the one. So there nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice pop in this one. Uh, man, I don't want to be a fader or a hater on this, but well, pre market high, $24.40. Only 70 cents away from that. You know how important it is to take out the pre-market high. Do we have any confluence here? Yeah, we do. We got a we got a November high at 2420. So if you've been licking your chops, waiting for that November high, you get a look at it today. Uh, 28.59 is your next monthly high. So nice move there. Always like to see the pre-market high taken out. But this is a sleepy chart on uh, another person that's uh, been talking about this one for a while. Uh, is my buddy Sean Udall. Um, he's been uh, he's been bullish this one as well. It, but uh, taking a while to, to play out here. But uh, very nice move. This has to be the one of the the biggest winners here for Sentinel One. Yeah, I always like to bring something new to the, the chat and maybe some traders that don't use it. But what about the IHAK or the IHAK, uh, the iShare Cybersecurity and Tech ETF? So if you want something that's a little bit more towards cybersecurity and tech, IHAK there. What is it? IHAK? Yeah. Huh. Okay. IHAK. Let, let me, uh, wow, that's not a bad looking chart. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah, but Mitch, volume. Mitch, Mitch, what, what am I going to say about this one? What am I going to say about this one? Um, probably the highs that we're about to run into probably from, well, uh, well just from like, uh, from a trader standpoint for, from an active trader standpoint. Um, is it, What's, the, if you're an active trader and you like to move around, what, what do you need? You need volume. Yeah. But this isn't too bad. I, I mean, uh, fifty-eight thousand shares, man. If you want to, you know, yeah. it's yeah. It just, um, you know, it depends how big you are. I mean, this is this could at exactly. least be one that I would maybe look at. Like, let's say if I was trying to look for investments, right, longer term plays, and I didn't want to necessarily only get Pan W, or only get Zscaler, or only get Okta, right? Yeah, so, uh, it's a good way to maybe play and diversify. Just always something new, especially with the ETFs. You got to be careful with that liquidity. But I mean, this isn't the worst. On a good day, it'll have like you know in the hundred thousand. But hey, you got to definitely. I know there's one here. I know Cyber. I think I, I know a while ago. I and I can't even remember the price or or the entry. But I I know I've I've been in hack. I just don't know if it. 
Uh, if, if it was in mid 21, I'd have to look at the records on that, but I've just a little, a little piece of hack for the diversification. But once again, that doesn't really trade great volume either. That only traded a hundred thousand yesterday. So tough to move in and out. Let's just look at some of these other stocks. I NW's mean, uh, hot, man. Can you get yeah. the 300? 300 seems like it wants it, but. Yeah, let's take a look, man. Oh, yeah. Well, you got a pair of highs in here. This is interesting here. The the pair of highs are uh, two ninety. You got a you got a seller right here in the two ninety six handle uh, for the last uh, two months or the uh, going back with the beginning of the month. The last four days, uh, you've had two highs at the two ninety six handle with that all time closing high at two ninety six sixteen. You didn't reach that yesterday. I had 281, and I just looked at uh, CyberArk, and I believe that has a that has a double top here on the daily as too uh, as well. But uh, looks like that is clearing its all time high 20606. That's uh that was your two day high. It's above that. So cybersecurity uh, working and working big time here. Let's get to the play. Who's playing out there? Dave and Buster's Q3 EPS at a loss of 12 cents in line. Sales of 466.91 million miss the 472.25 million estimate. Um, this has been consolidating. I mean, the monthly chart at least not looking too bad if it can really start pushing there. What do you think on this chart, Joel? Uh, I think the adult Chuck E. Cheese is what I always say. <laughs> and man, I, I mean, you could, this thing has just been in a trading range here. And, uh, if you had been just a, a range trader buying this thing in the lower thirties, right. That's, uh, that's paid dividends here going all the way back, uh, farther than that. Boy, that's been the bottom of a range, uh, since July of 2021, on the upside here, I mean, double monthly until you barrel through 47, you're still kind of in no man's land here, uh, you know, trading between that range of let's call it 32 to 47. Try and drill down. They got this under 40 bucks. Try and drill down on the dailies. I guess I do like, I'll, even though we did breach 40 pretty, you know, with pretty good momentum in the, in the pre-market, you do have a daily low at 39.89. That's a buck. That's over a buck away here. So already I bought the dip here, David Buster's uh, way off. Well, not way off, but considering off the lows of the pre-market session, uh, interesting on the upside here, you could, uh, the low and the close from yesterday right there together, that's your resistance. 41.85 was the low. That would be a gap fill and, uh, the closing price 41.92. Uh, what, what if these, uh, these other stocks like fun, have we heard anything about that merger at all or what's going on with that? Yeah. I what, mean, let's it, take a look at leisure and airlines well, really quickly. Because I think it's an important move. I'm going to be here scratching my head today on why I didn't keep American Airlines because it, it doesn't look bad here. And it's actually doing the move that I kind of expected going into the end of the year. Could fill the gap on the left-hand side on American. Um, so I'm looking at the airlines. Of course, I just flew American. So not, I, I was helping them. Plane completely packed. Not a single seat. Yeah, I know. On time too, right? On time. And that's what I fly. I fly American or Delta. Um, sometimes I'll get United, but mainly it's Delta or, or American. And they uh, don't look bad either. Um, United is one that's sleepy here. 
compared to Delta and American. So that one kind of can give you levels to go off of. You could choose which chart you want to talk about. Uh, boy, oh boy. Um, I think with that one, Mitch, I think it was just more like frustration, you know, that it wasn't moving. Because I remember you were in it for a long time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was the time thing. It was like I was just in there for like two weeks. It's not I didn't lose on the position, but it got to a point where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes you got to set it and forget it. I know you did take some heat on that one, yeah. uh, American. Also, what you know, what uh, a tailwind uh, for um, for the airlines has been, you know, lower oil prices, right? With lower gas prices. That's uh, going to help. Yeah, the efficiency. Uh, let's look at AAL traded up here in uh, trading up a few pennies here in the pre-market. Let's drill down on the dailies. And got to get through uh, your right at your opening right at yesterday's high. So, you know, if it's one of those charts where you're looking right instead of left, you make a bid at yesterday's high, make quick work of that former high, the move 1349. And then I see that gap fill, Mitch, that you're talking about. Thick stock, you need to get into 14 handle. So that would be an 80 cent move. That would be pretty big. I'm probably going to need. Some kind of analyst, my favorite analyst upgrade or something or a big market rally. Delta, nice rally too. I think that troughed after earnings. Same kind of setup. That's trading up 39 cents here at 38. Even what was yesterday's high? Yesterday's high right in there, 37.93. High of the move. You want a short-term target for today. 38.66. That was your high on Monday. S&P's liking that 8.15 number, creeping up towards the highs of the session. Current high 45.90 and a quarter. Burn. The cruise ships, man. The carnival has left the port. It's not coming back. And um, man, uh, if you didn't get on the trip or the Norwegian cruise, uh. You're missing out, man, because this is a big rip here. This is an interesting one just to see. And I think this could have been off of Black Friday sales. Uh, they weren't that bad for the cruise lines. And Norwegian, nice little lift off, man. Yeah, once again, uh, lower price, you know, lower fuel prices helping out. Uh, this, uh, you know, who was talking about this one? And uh, boy, oh boy, Craig Johnson. Remember we had him mm -hmm. on in October? Yeah. We should go back and replay that clip. And uh, I think we had Craig Johnson on. We had um, the ever bullish Ryan Dietrich on. And I, I remember specifically uh, Craig uh, talking about the cruise lines. Where do you go? This is a big winner for the year in the S&P. I think also on a, a percentage basis. Does it have the mojo to get back up to uh, next target from this one? Anything in the 17 handle? Let me take a look here. Uh, no, pair of highs in the upper 16 handle. You're almost there. 1685 and 1715, a bunch of scattered highs. Maybe hold out. SP's now in the 4590 handle, Mitch. We had just uh, yeah. busted through here. Offers yeah, are. Uh, no, oh, we got some more data. We got some yeah, more data. It, it wasn't it wasn't the biggest news, but let's just point to it, right? Positive non-farm productivity here, uh, quarter over quarter, Q3 at 5.2 versus a 4.9 estimate. Um, not looking too bad, right? I, I think at the end of the day, things are looking rosy. Something needs to change 
if we're really going to get out of this, you know, soft landing narrative, because the numbers keep pointing to the soft landing. And if that happens, well, then uh, the Fed doesn't need to cut, right? I mean, that's what I would think. So I don't know if it's a positive or a negative. That's the interesting part because you can look at it either way, right? Um, Let's do one last one. Let's think one in here. Box. Uh, This is, of course, a cloud, but disaster stock of the day. Um, EPS here at 36 cents misses a 38 cent estimate sales of 261.54 million missed the 263.69 million estimate. They do see Q4 adjusted EPS at 38 to 39 cents versus a 42 cent estimate. So that's where you're starting to see things come down also in their revenue outlook, uh, given on the high end 264 versus an estimate here of 266.96. Um, so definitely guidance here. They didn't love it. Box getting destroyed down here and doesn't look good at all. Uh, yeah, but you, yep, uh, you're well through the 50% retracement here of this move. Because uh, this, this is, I mean, they came out and they told you things aren't going to be as good. Uh, down 318. Wow. Pre-market low. They got excited here. Taking it down to 22.76. So once again, you're 80 cents off that low. Do I have wow 20? This is back at the low of the move. Holy mackerel! That is that correct? Yeah, low low of the move comes in at uh, 23.57. They punch that. I mean, if you felt like you missed the moving box here from the October low, here's your opportunity. To take a look at it, I mean, that is uh, right there, right now. The low, Not too many stocks are on the low of the move. And uh, there you go. There's Box. So, so not a bad day to have a bad report. You know what I mean? And with the with the market. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit too uh, market-centric uh, here. But stock down 12%, 27 bucks a couple days ago. Back at the low of the move. I don't know. I'd rather be long uh, down three bucks, I mean, instead of initiating shorts here. So opening print will be important in this one to see if the buyers are truly going to step up in boxing. Let's grab one more here, and then we'll get to our guest here. Toll Brothers, Q4 EPS, $4.11 beats the 371 estimate. Sales of $3.02 billion here, beating the $2.77 billion estimate. They do see Q1 deliveries at $1,800 to $1,900, and sees fiscal year 24 deliveries at $9,850 and $10,350. Um, at least everywhere that I can see, they are building and building as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, and that that supports a lot of different other segments of the economy here. This is a new all-time high. Look at the gaps in this thing. Up 279. This is like the deckers of the housing sector here. Uh, 87.59 was your former, or what's the all-time high here? All-time high, 88.72. Can that act as support today? Uh, we shall see. Uh, this is also above its uh, expected, you know, average daily range here. It's, I bet you it's like yesterday, you know, how much did it move yesterday? A little over a buck here. Not sure how much options are traded, but the optionality here at the $90 area. Nice poppers. These home builders, they, you know, very rarely when they, 
you know, do they not have a little bit of a, a shake and bake in here? So if you're buying this, you know, off the hop, you know, make sure you get a strong bid at 90 bucks and green skies ahead. Not sure when it's going to get to triple digits, but wow, what a move. Started the month under $70 and now trying to hold 90 all right, one last one. We'll sneak in here, Mongo. Oh, there we go. We got our guests. Uh, there we go. We're ready. We were just dealing with a little bit of some camera issues. So let's just get to our guest time. You guys smash the like. Let's get it started. Greg, you there? Yeah, I'm there. What, did I freeze on the camera again? Yeah, oh, we had this working yeah, yesterday. Fine, man. All afternoon. <laughs> What's up with that? You're the secret voice behind uh, behind there our ears go. here. Uh, let me you pull can. you back in the background right quick uh, okay. to see if we can get this running here. Just a quick second there. I, I could see him and everything. I don't know why, but uh, hey, guys, you know how you it put, is sometimes. You put oh, the hexamona on him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, here uh, we did get a pop off that number forty-five ninety-five. Uh, not much here, folks. Uh, really, not much here to take a look at. I think we're even above. What was the intraday high from Monday? I know Monday we had the the lower open and the intraday high. Uh, we've uh, nope, we've cleared that. So uh, market looking good here. Finding only just a few sellers at the 45.95 area. The bonds have turned uh, off that off the recent data. They've turned uh, uh, a loss into a slight gain here. Crude not catching much of a bid. Oil uh, down again, down 86 cents. We're going to see if that can hold the psychological 70 dollar area. There's Greg. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Got doing it. Good. Got it. Yeah. Let's go. All right, so let's. Uh, I want to talk to you the commodities and futures, being the futures traders there. And uh, we were you were reminiscing about that move in the gold market yesterday. I mean, after you see a violent move like that, I mean, it's always important to get some stability here. Talk about that move in gold and uh, what the gold bugs out there should be looking for. Well, you know what's interesting about gold is it's had these fits and starts all year because the dollar kind of comes off and then it rallies again. You've had problems in emerging market currencies, which has exacerbated that. So people have gotten kind of disappointed and kind of left the gold market to whatever degree. The open interest in the futures has been very low uh, after you know rising on the first rally uh, to 2000. But you've had a couple of rallies to 2000 that have failed. You have weekly downside, outside downside reversal patterns. And what happened was you had this dynamic around a warship and got attacked by drones was the original story when China opened. People are not involved in gold, so you saw this rush into gold. I broke down the tick data, the on-balance volume, the volume, the open interest, everything specifically for my clients uh, yesterday. And what it showed is you had this huge volume of new buying, and when it dried up, you had some advantageous shorts got in the market, pressed it down. All of those longs are gone. This market's kind of wiped clean, I think. And if you get above 2060... This thing could take off because people are not involved. They've liquidated ETFs. You have a monetary situation where the narrative has kind of shifted. Uh, you have a lot of things going on here. Geopolitical risk. Putin's in Saudi Arabia, for crying out loud. Shia and Shiites are buddies now. 
China's kind of pulling the puppet strings. And uh, I think the time to own gold is now because after it takes off, the risk reward is going to be out of whack. Oh, wow. Uh, I am taking a look at the uh, the open interest here. And we were talking a little bit about using open interest. We don't we discuss volume and, and open interest, not probably as much detail as you follow it. But wow, I did not uh, back on November 22nd, the open interest and what open interest is just open positions in a in a contract, uh, both uh, net, long and short 154,000 it got down to. And then on December 1st, it went to 422,000. How many times have you seen that kind of move? And then uh, it's starting to come off a little bit, but it's still holding strong. Talk about when you've seen that kind of move in open interest in the past and what the follow through has been. Well, there's been a lot of follow through. And actually, if you go way back in the past, that open interest is still very low. So you really have to have perspective on the longer term. You, you can pinpoint this gold move you can go back to 71 when we took the dollar off the gold standard but really this wave pattern started in 1999 2011 high 2015 low run up to 2000 you've had a very well defined corrective pattern and really gold held up relative to a to the dollar extremely well over the last two years gold's gone sideways at a time when the dollar has been very strong so that is inherent kind of relative strength that I think people are missing out on. Everyone wants gold to break out because of what we have in the background. But you need to have, you know, the dynamic with the dollar uh, depreciating. And I think we'll see that because the Fed's ultimately this kind of comes back to the Fed having to acquiesce to higher inflation. Because if you want to take this way back in time, this is a 40 year downtrend in interest rates and inflation that has reversed. And there are a lot of factors that now suggest this is a longer term secular shift where you will have higher highs and higher lows in inflation. And in that case, what I can say is when I started in this business in the 1980s, early 80s, on the floor of the Commodities Exchange, in the gold and silver pits, uh, I was um, you know, down on the floor in New York City in the World Trade Center. And I'll tell you, you had days when silver would open limit down, rally to limit up, close limit down. So these kinds of moves, I think, are going to become more frequent. So you have to get used to them and you have to have some stomach for this because I think things are going to get a little even more crazy. You always like to see stability, though, right? After like a violent moves, and you like to see just yeah. any kind of calm here. And right now, and I, I pointed this out yesterday, you do have uh, on the dailies a couple lows. I think it's in the same area, making a higher low. Uh, well, you made a lower low yesterday, but you rebounded. So you see if you get the undercut. Uh, you know let's you, talk well, let me just add one thing, because what you see, too, is each of these last three previous attempts that failed to hold gold above 2000, you were down within the same week. You came up last week and you're holding now and you've come down to the level where you kind of broke out. So uh -huh. I think this is a major breakout that is occurring now mm -hmm. that voids the pattern we've seen of disappointment over the last three times we've been above 2000. You know, one thing that I'm thinking about is, uh, of course, it was the dot-com era, but after that era came and kind of the last time we went through kind of some heavy inflation, gold was a, a really good play for a couple of years. Um, do you feel like it could outperform, especially going into next year? Absolutely. And I think that you just hit on a key point that uh, really people, especially, you know, private investors need to keep in mind. That, yeah, equities could go up here, and I think they will. But are they going to keep pace with the debasement of the purchasing power of money, of your wealth and income? And I really doubt that. 
because you can take Argentina, in case where the Maval makes new highs all the time. The Maval's up four figures over the last bunch of years since basically 2014. But inflation is up by even more. The currency is down by even more. And I think that you have to keep a relative view of this to where, yes, gold is very depressed against equities. And you are seeing breakouts now in some of these things that are really long-term secular in the line with the 40-year downtrend in inflation and interest rates. So if that trend is reversed, we would expect the trend of underperformance in stuff versus paper to reverse. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing that in spades. And not only that, but you have issues with you know supplies still. It's all well and good that you've restored kind of the supply chain. But you have, look at the Panama Canal. I first wrote about this back in April. El Nino causes various weather disruptions, and it's uh, polarized. It's really wet in places. It's really dry in places. You have all kinds of stuff going on with the weather. One of the things is the water in the Panama Canal is so low now, a lot of ships can't even get through. And the degree to which they have to take less stuff because they're, the degree to which they can go deep in the water is less, right? Mm. So this is really interesting. And you're starting to see stories of this now in the mainstream, mm. that ships have to go around continents to get to where they're going now, because the Panama Canal doesn't support it. You have a lot of other things going on in commodities markets, like cocoa, where Ghana is affected by this, soybeans, yeah. watch South America. So the point of all this is kind of you have things that could keep inflation you know, from making newer lows. It's higher lows and then higher highs when the Fed, you know, uh, you know, untaps the the faucet again, which they'll yeah. have to at some point in time. Oh, that that's for sure. But uh, of course, like they some say out there, you know, I love gold. Well, what about I love oil? Um, let's talk a little bit about oil stocks and uh, oil overall. Uh, will we get into the sixties? I mean, I know I was one that said. Why did the U.S. fill up the reserves at 78? They couldn't wait for 60s to hit again? Not only that, but they tell everyone they're going to do it. Talk about front-running opportunity of all time. I mean, come on, man. Um, <laughs> I do think there's, there's vulnerabilities in crude right now, which is kind of surprising because the geopolitical situation to me is way more serious than any market has given it credit for yet. I don't see how this doesn't get worse when you have Putin in Saudi Arabia, Shiite and Shia are buddies now, and China's pulling the puppet strings. So I think that they're kind of drawing us in into an election cycle, which you know is going to be polarized. You know is going to be potentially disruptive, social unrest, violence. So, you know, all of these things kind of play into that in terms of oil. You know, I've said many times recently with this whole EV thing that, you know, guess gasoline prices will, over time, only go higher until they're kind of worthless. And whether we reach that worthless point or not, I'm not even sure we do. But in that context, the geopolitical risk, the dynamic around gasoline, you've had some factors that have depressed the market. Some of these stocks don't look good. The sector was an upside leader. Last time I was on your show, we were energy, mm -hmm. right? We yeah. rotated out of energy and into some other things uh, just because we thought it might crack here. And that was counterintuitive to the geopolitical risk. I think at some point it's a major buy because I think in the future, when you look, you know, 18 to 24 months out, uh, crude oil will be a lot higher. What's wrong with these uh, these gold stocks? I mean, I, I've seen a, a, a move. It, 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 and I mean, I'm looking at the, I mean, it's had a nice move recently, like in Newmont. But uh, look at that, all-time high and uh, back in 2022. I mean, I, I guess if you, if you want to be kind of like Bitcoin, I mean, yeah, you've had some of the Bitcoin stocks move. But uh, boy, oh boy, these miners... Uh, 
certainly yeah. don't uh, charts look a heck of a lot different. Do you expect that to continue or you think? No, that, I don't uh, expect that to continue. And you really get a very astute point because, you know, it really has underperformed because this has been a commodity rally. It has been a kind of inflation rally, which is not necessarily good for the stocks, especially in a rising interest rate environment. What are the most underperforming metal shares? They're your big caps, your barracks, your newmonts. Mm -hmm. Why? They got more debt. Why? Because they accumulate these little shares. That's going to pay off big time down the road. Uh, but I do, you know, I do think that this kind of disconnect will unwind here because it's kind of broader dynamic where you have a stock market that hasn't really dealt with the economic pain that is yet to be felt here. You know, delinquencies rising on credit cards, the largest 12-month increase since 2008. Even though it's still relatively low anomaly, it's rising very quickly, especially among young borrowers. So when you start talking about you know these kinds of things, you will have a situation in stocks where some stocks economically are going to get hit. What do you look to move your money to? I think the mining shares will get some of that money, and that's going to help them you know kind of recapture some of that glory that has seemed to have faded. And I see stuff like the SIL, the silver mining uh, uh, ETF just very now starting to break out against the price of silver. And that's the kind of thing you want to watch because you see that start to happen. Then the shares come back into vogue. And I can tell you, you know, we do a product called the gold guru, which is one of our three products. And I break down all the individual mining shares. I do a lot of quant work. We do technical quant and fundamental. I want all three to match and I want the psychological to fit too. In this case, the breadth in the mining shares is phenomenal in terms of how these things are starting to break out on a preliminary medium-term basis that has a lot of upside potential. So I would keep an eye on those shares. I think the GDX and the SIL uh, will have their day in the sun. And it's probably not too distant in the future. All right. Two quick ones here. Um, if you had to pick between one or the other, gold or silver, which one would you pick? Right now it's gold. And it's because, you know, it kind of old old school thought process, silver with its industrial usage, maybe a little bit more depressed during an economic downturn. I think mm -hmm. that technically there's no impetus here for silver to outperform, but I'm watching it like a hawk because, you know, you do want to shift your the bulk of your leverage into silver at some point in time. I just don't think we've hit that time. And I got to tell you, for right now, I'm long both. I'm long silver, I'm long gold, I'm long Ethereum, and I'm long Bitcoin. Because I think this is kind of what's coming next in terms of the rotation of capital. You've seen Bitcoin take off. I mean, we talked about Bitcoin maybe a month ago when it was, you know, flirting with 31,000. And I said it was going to 48. And I'll tell you what, the reaction I got was, are you kidding me? That's like outrageous. I'm like, no, it's not. That's where it was the most recent high. What are you talking about? But yeah, it's a lot of money to be made there. I mean, the futures contracts, five Bitcoin. Buy a futures contract, you're sitting pretty right now. What about the good old... U.S. dollar, baby. What about it? You mean the biggest Ponzi scheme no ever known to mankind? Dollar that gets taxed when you earn it, taxed when you spend it, taxed when you leave it to your family. I mean, now, now I love America, Triple so taxation. I get the wrong message. But um, I think you know, gosh, the dollar is a tough call, and this is the problem because it kind of is the most important thing. You can correlate the best periods of stock performance to lower dollar periods. It's that simple, and Right now, you have the potential for the dollar to go higher if the Fed makes a policy error and doesn't ease up too, so too soon. But the problem with that thought process is the forward market's already pricing in an enormous amount of easing for next year. Is this where the stock market is at a 4% Fed funds? If it is, you might be disappointed because I don't know that they get the 4 
All right. Now, it's really about talking about the Fed, because talking about the Fed, you could say, well, they're restrictive right now because our star 2018, 11 white papers, 310 pages. I read every word. Their new paradigm is our star. Right. That's the mm -hmm. neutral rate. That's 50 basis points above the rate of inflation, which right now they're restrictive. If you want to say inflation at the core PCE is three and a half. I mean, that gives you. Am I still on? That gives you a. Yeah, you're still on. Yeah, that gives you a, a you know a, a real Fed funds rate of two percent with the five and a half Fed funds, right? Well, if inflation yeah. goes to five, then you're looking at being neutral, not restrictive, and that's where the thought process a month or two ago came to maybe we need to raise rates to seven at some point in time. The mm. flip side of that is if inflation comes down below three, now you're really restrictive, and then you can make a case for four percent Fed funds. So I don't know. How that plays out, because how that plays out is how the dollar plays out. And I think it's right now, it's kind of caught in the middle. I, if I had to make a bet on it, I'd say lower over time. And that's part of the whole spiel of the Fed will be forced to acquiesce to higher inflation to support the economy at some point in time. And that's going to be bullish for commodities over paper. And same thing with the dollar down. Well, Greg Weldon, CEO of Weldon Financial, I definitely agree with you, man. And uh, we'll see what happens with that substantially restrictive wording that he keeps using. I think that word in the front uh, yeah. tells us something, but it's always great to speak to you, Greg. Thanks for talking about gold, silver, the dollar, and the chat loved those dollar comments, by the way. So thank you, yeah, Greg. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime, guys. You do a great job. All, All right. right. Talk Let's to you soon. Thanks, Greg. Let's get back to the markets here, Joel. If you could put your charts up, we'll take a look at the action and we'll wrap up the day. We got a couple more stocks to talk about. We got MongoDB. I wanted to take a look at the Campbell Soup, even though it's really not moving mm. much. And then we'll get to an upgrade and downgrade on Builder's first source. So don't All right, we're just team. yeah, just grinding higher here. Uh, limited offers on the upside. Now the the closing price for the move, and this is uh. 4,600.75, that's one target. Uh, that was a closing high for the move near the psychological 4,600 level. Uh, Monday's high was a Globex high at 0,450, but the real number on the upside is 4,607.75. That was the old Friday weekly high in the S&P 500 index futures. MongoDB Q3 adjusted EPS here 96 cents beats the 50 cent estimate sales of 432.9 million beat the 403.65 million estimate they do see Q4 adjusted EPS 44 cents to 46 cents versus a 37 cent estimate there and revenue at 429 to 433 million versus a 413.94 million estimate so all things looking good here but that price action not showing it man yeah i mean price don't lie here big old move for this one i've i've looked at some of these other ones that have been on the pullback and boy, this thing got under $400 where the Elgos took it to $395 and a quarter. 13 bucks off that now, folks. Uh, mm, so is the is the low for the day in? Huh? Well, we shall see. Uh, $397.45 is the first thing I'd be looking at here. Uh, that was your November 28th low. That's still 
10 bucks away here. So got to be careful on this one. If you haven't covered a short, I would think things would uh, – actually, I did not do a good job on the, the retracement line there. Uh, but uh, let's just keep an eye. Uh, under $400 is psychological level, uh, 397.45. To get to the bottom of yesterday's range, you're going to need about a 10-point rally. 420.51 yesterday's low for Mongo. DB big rally, give us some back. It may take a day or two for the buy the dippers to come in. S and P's approaching the highs of the session once again. Campbell's soup, get your chicken noodle. But uh, I don't think the stock is really getting that much uh, chicken noodles on this report. The report wasn't bad here. Adjusted EPS beat ninety one cents, eighty eight estimate. Uh, sales in line at two point five two billion. Uh, just not the sexy stock to be in. Uh, there's not many reasons to be in this, but hey, you guys see it. A little bit of a pop there, but I mean, it's very minuscule. It's about like a, a 1%. Uh, it's been in the trading range here. And the reason I wouldn't, I'm not going to be such a fader of this move is uh, Smucker's had a good day yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty, pretty good day to the upside and how that's gab. So let's see if that, uh, that uh, parlays into something. For Campbell's soup, uh, but you do have uh, what I like about this one is you do have a you know some consolidation here, and boy, mm, you could be if you could get above this 4130, 4140, which you've hit got above the pre market. I think things open up. I'm not going to pay too much attention to uh, the 4168 high. Uh, but this one getting at the top of the trading range. Good day in the markets. The S and P's continue higher here. I don't know. Maybe Campbell's suit finally going to make a move to the upside. Last one we'll touch on the day is uh, BLDR and their upgrade by B Riley Security, upgrading to buy and raising price target to one seventy seven. This has been an absolute monster in building materials. If you guys don't watch this one. Uh, I've talked about it. Building materials have done really well, especially when you're seeing numbers like we saw from Toll uh, Toll Brothers today, right? The home builders are building, and they need those building materials. Uh, this one's had a little bit of drama this week, right? Being added to the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. That move was faded and faded hard. I think some of those other stocks did the same thing. Uh, it gave you a, a nice double bottom right here from the last two sessions into 136 handle. Well, that's not doing you any good now because you're trading up 474, 148. Everyone is getting their money back. Good day yesterday in this one. I have to call support right now. The top of yesterday's range, 145.12. That's a soft number. That would be a gap fill. Uh, Coming back on the upside, the psychological 150 level. You did get a run up to 149.55. That was back on September 1st. Where'd you get to in the pre-market? In the pre-market, you got to uh, 149.65. So, good level there. Not chasing it. Let's see if we get uh, if we get back into 149 handle. If those sellers are back there, 149 and a half, 150 for builders for source. 
All right, a similar stock in that space, C-A-R-R. Just want to put it on the radar. We don't have to give too many comments on it, okay. Carrier Global, uh, but just wanted to put something on your radar if you're looking for stocks in this space. Uh, last thing I'll leave off with is, man, what a move in Ulta. That was probably one of the best calls, at least for this kind of uh, Q4. I, I wasn't the best on that Q4 tech rally, but man, that's been an absolute monster move there from the 390s um, when we started talking about it. Gap and go, and doesn't look like you're you're slowing down here for Ulta Beauty. Wow, that is a big – that's like a gap of gaps. You wonder if that thing's ever going to get filled. Uh, a little bit of weakness yesterday. I think what the Bulls would like to see here, just looking at the dailies, the way it closed, I think you maybe got a little bit of a breather in here. And you need to form a bid, uh, so, you know, a sustained bid, two, three, four days here at the 480 level. Uh, new high from the move yesterday at 488.86. But, uh, wow, build a little base here. Boom, go up, take out the high of the move. If you're, if you're along this thing and just maybe not trying to sell into strength, just maybe just move, that, especially on those gap days. Like when they have those gap days and they start to move away from it, can always protect yourself by just kind of moving you know well i'll put it here i stop here at this day's low and i'll put my stop here at this day's low and to yet you do that today it's a little bit closer but let's see if we can form a bid at the 480 dollar level all right we'll wrap up the markets uh how you see in the futures joel and then of course we'll take a look at tomorrow's interviews that you guys don't want to miss of course pre-market prep we always have great guests um what are you seeing in the futures market joel well, important to make a new closing high for the day at 4,600. Yes, yes, they want to see the charts. They they love the I'm love sorry, it. I'm sorry. I got on Alta. I was looking at my sheet. <laughs> old time close or not old time closing high for the move 4,600.75. That's only five handles away. Um, on the upside, uh, may have been a little delinquent here. Uh, my top number is 46.10 and a quarter. Uh, that was back your August 4th high. Um, in the interim here, just on Monday's high, uh, but the high of the move so far has been 40, 46.0775. That's 11 handles away with this kind of momentum here. Uh, it could be a good target on the upside if you're looking at the market. And tomorrow, uh, after a little hiatus because of Thanksgiving, uh, Mark Chaikin will be joining Ooh. us. So uh, that's our guest for tomorrow, uh, Dapper Jim. Mitch. Uh, great job from uh, the worldwide headquarters at Benzinga. And we'll be back with you guys later on at uh, 3.30. I'll be doing the closing print with Todd Gordon, who's one has been pretty bullish this market. Great job, Mitch. And uh, we'll talk to you all later on. All right, guys. You guys keep up with Joel O'Connor, of course, on the closing print. And, of course, don't forget, guys, all this information is for informational purposes only, not to be used as investment advice. And opinions do not represent those of Benzinga. Hosting guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today. Now to bring you guys over to live trading. The party does not stop. It keeps going right here on Benzinga all day long, of course, where we level the playing field for you guys out there. We got live trading coming up next. Then, of course, don't miss later today. Start swing trade. We'll be getting into all the action and the cannabis stocks have been moving. So you don't want to miss later today. 
the Trade to Black podcast, of course, with our collab with the Dales Report team. Don't miss that. That's later today at 4.10 p.m. Now to bring you over to live trading. And, of course, be careful out there in the market. We'll see if the leaders continue to have this rally. NVIDIA's move got started yesterday. Can it keep going today? Find out, of course. And if you guys missed today's show or you're just tuning in, like always, rewind, put that on 2.0, and you'll be able to catch up before the market open. It's always good being with you guys. Smash the like. Let us know in the comments. What do you want to see more right here on Benzinga? We'll always be looking to make improvements, and your feedback is what matters. Smash the like, guys. I will see you next time. And from the headquarters, or just come over and trade with me on live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be